Welcome to River Edge Podcasts. We hope this message inspires and encourages you today. Good morning, River Edge Church. Thank you so much for the privilege of once again sharing God's heart and God's word with you guys. There's very few people that we have the privilege of doing life so closely with as we do with your wonderful pastors, Stephen and Kylie, and their family, and of course you, the River Edge Church family. We feel like we're a part of your family, so thanks for inviting us. I know we're not there with you in person, but hey, we're already booked in for the end of January, the last the last weekend of January next year, 2021. So lock it in your diaries now. We're going to hang out with you for a whole weekend. That's going to be glorious. But for now, today, I just want us to step into the presence of God. We're always with Him. He's always with us. But there's There's times where we posture our heart, where we step in, lean in more deeply. In fact, this time where you can't gather together as a church, do you know that you can lean in just as deeply by yourself in your home as you can in the church there together, when you gather together? We need to never create a false theology that says there's certain places that we can meet with God more than other places. That's an Old Testament, an Old Covenant mindset where people had to go to a certain mountain or a certain temple or or meet with a certain person, a patriarch, someone that would intercede on their behalf before God like Moses. But in the New Covenant, in the New Testament, after Jesus Christ, the Bible says there's only one mediator now between God and man, and that's the Lord Jesus Christ. And, And we have the Spirit of the living God living in each and every one of us. So every day is a day to be able to meet with God. Every place is a position where God says, would you like to meet with me now? In all your ways, acknowledge him. He will direct your path. There's nowhere that we go that God is not there. And so right now in this moment, in your home, wherever you may be, I'm going to pray right now. We're going to invite the presence of God to be tangible. And then we're going to step through. I'm going to just share what God's given me. And I don't have a message as such. I've just got a a whole bunch of statements that God has placed into my spirit. And and so I, I want to have us have a conversation with God together. Can we do that? Can we just hang out together and just share from God's heart? But let's talk to our Father right now. Father in heaven. Oh, glory be to your name. We worship you. We honor you. We adore you. I magnify you. I say, God, you are, you are good. You are beyond what we could ever comprehend. And oh, we just love the fact that we didn't choose you, but you chose us. And we thank you for your spirit who lives in us. Thank you, you're not a God that just visits us, but you're a God that inhabits us. And right now we come in the name of Jesus, by the power of the Holy Ghost, and we come to you, Father, and say, would you just bring and speak whatever it is that you want to say to us as your church. We thank you that at this time um, you are not being caught by surprise. You know what's going on in the world. You're still sovereign. You're still on the throne. You're still doing good things in your people. You're still doing good things through your people. Thank you that River Edge Church is on your heart and on your mind right now. I thank you that they're strategically placed, that every person is strategically placed, and that you are doing good things in them. 
are right now even start by prophesying that these are days of acceleration and growth and expansion, not of shrinking back and going inward and going smaller. But God, that even while in the natural we are isolating God, you are accelerating. I release it in the power of the Holy Ghost right now in Jesus' name. So capture our heart with what is on your heart, we pray in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen, amen, amen. Hey, Pastor Stephen and Kylie, uh, I see you both leading people into the presence of God through worship and proclamation. I saw so clearly, worship and proclamation. I I, I see in the natural that's on both of your lives. It's it's both of you. Pastor Stephen is on yours. Pastor Kylie is on yours. And I I just feel again, Pastor Kylie, God's going to take your voice. He's going to expand it even in the season and coming out. It's about to get more uh, airtime as it were. I don't mean that in a negative, but your voice is going to be heard a lot more because Father is going to stir things upon your heart to say, but I see you both being people who lead people into the presence of God. I love that about senior pastors. Pastor Stephen, Pastor Kylie, I love that about you. You're not just leading an organization, that you, but you are leading people into the presence of God. You both know how to do it through worship and through proclamation. And I see that there is going to be extended times doing this with no agenda. But the result is an increase in power, spiritual authority, and breakthrough. Uh, Lean into Father what that looks like both now and in the coming season. But I believe that is a word from God for you. And also for Pastor Stephen and Kylie, and I think this is going to trigger something. And some of the people in the church that are listening right now, God said it's time to think about planting another church. Wow. Well, have I got your attention? It's time to think about planting another church. I need us to hear what God is saying and not add to it. He did not say it is time to plant another church. He said it's time to think about planting another church. And he drew my attention to 1 Corinthians 2 verse 16. The last few words says, we have the mind of Christ. The, 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 the statement was, think about And the mind of Christ, the the mind is where we do the thinking. And what God has drawn my attention to, this is not time to naturally think about, strategize, think about where can we go, who can we reach, how can we do it. This is not a time to get into the natural way of what looks good, but this is a time to have the mind of Christ on what he wants to get our attention on about planting other churches. As I speak that, some people in the church right now, something in your heart leaps. If it leaps, talk to your pastor. Say, hey, something leapt in my spirit when I heard that. Can I go on this process of thinking and praying and seeking God and be part of what God is wanting to do? I also heard the phrase that the car park needs to be larger. The car park needs to be larger. I know that we have another building That is in the progress of being planned and and heading towards that being built. And I, I feel God needs to get our attention on something right here, right now. We're at a time where the world is going smaller, as it were, as far as the meetings. We're not having the public meetings and we're in our homes and people are working from homes. And it's almost like everything has been put on pause on hold. And I just want to scream into our spirits that God Almighty, His plans and purposes are not on hold. In a time where people are talking about coming inward, God is saying this is a time to look outward. Come on, planting other churches. The car park needs to be bigger. 
God is not on vacation. God is not in isolation. God is not on hold. He is doing good things. And right now in the spirit realm, everybody that is part of River Edge Church, Pastor Stephen, Pastor Kylie, come on, the elders, the leaders, I want to encourage you, lean to what God is not only doing now, but where is he taking us? And let's plan for that now, the car park needs to be larger, whether that be a practical and natural thing, even as you're thinking about the next building, whatever you have planned, it needs to be larger. I feel that God says pray about that. But I also feel it's a symbolic thing, in addition to it being a natural thing, that God is saying this is a time of expansion and it is a time of enlargement. Praise God. Let me just take a drink here. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. River Edge Church. I just want to download a bunch of statements now. And the first thing I saw was I, I, I see, I believe it's time for back row people to come forward a few rows. Now in the natural, no one's back row people because no one's at church. But you know who you are. If when the church was together, your tendency was to sit in the back row and may not be the very back row, but near the back row, you have a tendency to hang back a bit and, and to watch, to observe, to maybe not be so engaged. I'm talking to you right now by the Spirit of God. God is needing to do something in some of our lives before we even meet back together. There's going to be a shift. There's going to be a change in the spirit realm in your life now. That you're going to bring back with you when we can gather together. But here, the word of the Lord is time for back row people to come forward a few rows. And, and I felt God say that He's okay with incremental steps as long as there are steps forward. I did not see the back row people coming to the front row. So you can just relax, you don't have to do that. But if you're back row, God says, I want you to take a couple rows forward, a couple steps forward. Maybe if you normally sit. Uh, three or four rows from the back, God says, I want you to take a couple seats. Well, you're saying, Steve, what's the importance? Is there really anything spiritual about where you sit? No, it's about the posture of the heart. And God is saying, it's time to take some steps forward with him. And then I saw something very significant being birthed by someone in someone who took a step forward from the back row. So I need you to get the picture. Someone who the posture of your heart is, I'm going to start to take a step forward. And I, I, for some of you, it is a physical thing when you come back to church. Wherever you normally sat, go forward. Um, that might be a little bit difficult for Pastor Stephen and Kylie. Uh, you're in the front row. But get the picture. Take a step forward for some of you. But in your heart, someone who's going to take a step forward, something significant is about to be birthed in you. Praise God. God says it's going to surprise other people. It's going to surprise maybe even yourself, but it's going to surprise others, including leaders. But God says to those that notice it and go, wow, what's going on here? God says, I want you to celebrate what I'm birthing in that person, not try to tame it. Let's not put restrictions and limitations and time frames of maturing and growth on people. When God says, come on, do you love me? Great. Then feed my sheep. I've got something for you to do. I want to encourage every person, look for ways to be involved. Don't look for ways to be disconnected. Look for ways to be involved. Don't look for ways to be disconnected. Some of us are just can't wait to get back to church. Some of us are quite liking the, oh, I don't have to go to church and I don't have to do these things. Don't look for a way to be disconnected. God created us for fellowship and community and there's ways even now that you can be involved. So seek that out. 
I want to talk about foundations laid. Foundations laid, and God spoke to me three things. Word, prayers, and tears. Foundations laid. Word, prayers, and tears. Now, the truth is, the Bible says in 1 Corinthians chapter 3 and verse 11, For no one can lay any foundation other than than the one that is already laid, and that is Jesus Christ. And I want you to understand the truth of what this is saying here. This is our, the foundation of our relationship with God, the one true God. There's not many gods. Come on, can I hear an amen? There's not many ways to the Father. It's not through Buddha, through Krishna, through Muhammad. It's not through good works, or it's not through anything else but Jesus Christ. Jesus himself said, I'm the only way to the Father. There is no other foundation to relationship with God Almighty than through Jesus Christ. But the truth is, as we enter into that relationship through that one true foundation, Jesus, that there's things that we incorporate in our life that, that, that just help us to walk forward in this relationship and to fulfill God's purpose and call. And three of those things that are essential in our life is the word, prayers, and tears. I just want to take a couple minutes on each of these. And as I keep on sharing a few things with the word of God, I cannot stress enough the importance of the word of God. But two statements that God has said to me for you today, for me today, for us today. I like the us. I like the us reverence church. I'm part of you, <laughs> whether you like it or not. But with God's word, here's the first thing. Keep the posture of a student, not a scholar. Come on. That's going to preach right there. Keep the posture of a student. Of a pupil. The very word disciple means pupil, means student. Sometimes some people approach God's word like a scholar, like we know all that it says. And, and some sometimes there's a religious air about being able to quote a scripture like that is it. No, it's about knowing the truth. It's about knowing the word. It's about knowing the spirit and the heart of God in God's word. And the greatest way we can approach God's word, this is what I do every day. God, speak to me. God, show me what you want me to see. The more I, I know the words on the page, the more I realize, man, I there are there's so much that God wants to teach me. So when it comes to God's word, about in this foundation every day, come with a hunger. God, teach me. God, teach me. And number two, take time for truth to be conceived in you. Take time for truth to be conceived in you. What an interesting statement. Come on, God wants us not to rush our time in the Word. It's not about getting through the Bible as quickly as possible. It's not about reading your three chapters and ticking it off. It's about sitting with God. Teach me, Lord. And Lord, let something be birthed in me today, conceived in me today. It takes time. It takes it being unrushed. There's times I don't get past one verse and I just meditate and God just starts to do something in me. Take time in God's word. The, the second thing is a foundation of prayer. And we know the importance of prayer. Come on, God's church is called to be a praying people. Uh, that my house will be called a house of prayer. I've spoken on that before. But today I want to point you to the power of praying in the gift of tongues. The gift of tongues that is for today. Let me say the gifts of God, the gifts of the Holy Spirit are for today. In fact, the Bible tells us very clearly in the book of Ephesians chapter 4, I think it's around verse 13, that it's until we reach the fullness of the stature of Jesus Christ, until we become exactly like him. Come on, we're on that journey. Therefore, the gifts of God are still for today. 
Amen. Amen. And I want to encourage us that the gift of tongues is for today. This is a heavenly language. It, it is not from my mouth to God's ears. It's from my spirit to God's spirit, God's spirit to my spirit. It goes beyond our understanding as the Bible talks about. It's spirit to spirit. And the Apostle Paul in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 14, great chapter. I encourage you to read it, but I think it's in verse 18. Paul says, I speak in tongues more than you all. He's not bragging. He's not boasting. But many consider him to be the greatest apostle of faith. And one of the key ingredients is he knew what it was to pray continually in tongues, in the Holy Spirit, to to stir himself up. You know, it does something on the inside of you because it bypasses here. Come on. Some of us are stuck in our mind. Then pray in the Spirit. Let the Spirit of God interrupt the mind of man. Come on. Holy Ghost. In the church, come on, we speak in English so we can understand each other. But in your personal time, stir up the Holy Ghost. Pray in tongues. I'm doing this more than ever before. And something is coming alive in me. If you don't know what that's all about, I encourage you to contact some of your leaders. And and, and maybe you guys can talk about this a bit more. We need, ask God. The Bible talks about the fact that the, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit is a gift that the Father gives. And the gift of tongues is something that we can ask for. So you don't even need someone to pray for. You can just say, God, give me the, baptize me in the Holy Spirit. Give me the gift of tongues. And I want to encourage you, pray in the Holy Spirit. If you don't know what to pray, pray in tongues. If you're getting stuck on something, pray in tongues. If you're struggling emotionally, start to pray in tongues. I can't, under, I can't overstate that. The Word of God, prayers. The third thing was tears. God said there needs to be a foundation laid of tears. That is an interesting thing. But instantly he said tears equals brokenness. Now stay with me here. This is a word for some of you. I can see some people. I can see see some gentlemen. You're you're in the second half of your life. And this right now, something's about to go off on the inside of you. I feel it in the spirit. The foundation of tears is a foundation of brokenness. You might say that's a negative. No, God said that brokenness is the doorway into wholeness. Let me tell you what I believe the Spirit of God is saying. This brokenness is not a place of just devastation and and loss and life is over. It's not that at all. It's for many that feel like you can make it by yourself, that you can accomplish this. God needs to break that down, that sense of self-reliance that I can do this. You know what? I can't do this. I can't be who God's called me to be without a sense of God. I can't. That, that, there's a brokenness. That leads me to wholeness. In Him I live and move and have my being. Some of us, our self-reliance needs to be broken. And we come into this Holy Spirit wholeness through a reliance upon Him. Some of us, the brokenness is a sense of move, being moved with compassion. Sometimes we can become a bit hard, a bit callous, a bit skeptical about things, a bit judgmental maybe. But I I love when Jesus even had a plan to raise Lazarus from the dead, but he saw Mary and Martha and it says, and he was moved with compassion and it says, Jesus wept. His heart went out for those. And I prayed this prayer before. My daily devotional that I write, um, Believing in You, was birthed from me saying, God, move my heart with compassion. What is this? This is a brokenness that leads to wholeness. I pray that God takes us from self-reliance to Holy Ghost reliance, but also from maybe hardness of 
heart, to a compassion. We, we see people on the news. We see people when we're on the streets. We see people even that are doing terrible things and our heart is moved with compassion. And we start to pray for people. And we start to become part of the solution and the answer. We start to connect people with heaven through our tears that flow into prayers that are saturated in God's word. Amen. The next statement is preparing for harvest. Preparing for harvest. Oh, I'm stirred in my spirit. This is a time where a lot of people are thinking about getting through this season. God is saying it's time to prepare for harvest. Now, I love that. What are you preparing for? Because you reap what you sow. You can't reap what you haven't sown. And so this is the time to be sowing seeds, to be watering and preparing for harvest. Here's my question. What do you want to harvest? And I believe that the Spirit of God around the world, then His desire is that there is a great harvest of souls at this time. At this time where the gospel is going further than ever before, it is on God's heart for a great harvest of souls. And River Edge Church, you're called to be a part of that harvest. But it comes down to the question today, what are we sowing for the harvest that we are going to reap? In Psalm 126, verse 5 and 6, it says, Those who sow with tears will reap with songs of joy. Think about the foundation that we just talked about of tears. Those who sow with tears, compassion with at the end of ourselves. But man, God, we need you and we want to feel your heart for people. You will reap with songs of joy. Those who go out with weeping, carrying seed to sow. Even while you're going through your, your situation, going out with weeping, if you take seed to sow, you will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with them. Don't buy into the lie that you have to be all perfect and everything's rosy in your life before you can be part of what God is doing on this earth. In fact, we need to understand that you as a church, we as a church, you're called to go after souls. Right now in this season, we are called to go after souls. In the book of Luke chapter 15, verse 1 to 7, Luke 15, 1 to 7, it reads, Now the tax collectors and sinners were all gathering around to hear Jesus. But the Pharisees and the teachers of the law, the religious people, were muttering. So interesting that the sinners and the tax collectors wanted to hear from Jesus, but the religious people just muttered. We've got to make sure that we are not stepping into the religious category and muttering about what's happening around the world, what's happening, and, and just muttering and complaining, come on, let's be people that gather to hear Jesus. And these religious people muttered and they said, this man welcomes sinners and he actually eats with them. We should be friends of sinners. Jesus was a friend of sinners. We need to go after them, but we need to go after them and become a friend to those that don't know Jesus Christ. Then Jesus told them this parable in verse four. Suppose one of you has a hundred sheep and he loses one of them. Doesn't he leave the 99 in the open country and go after the lost sheep until he finds it? We as a church to go after the lost. He went after the lost sheep until he finds it. And when he finds it, he joyfully puts it on his shoulders and he goes home. Then he calls his friends and his relatives and his neighbors together and says, come on, it's time to rejoice with me. I have 
found my lost sheep. And I tell you, in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who repents than over 99 who do not need to repent. God's heart is for the lost. River Edge, our heart is for the lost. What are we sowing and preparing for the harvest? It's time to go after. What are we willing to leave behind in order to go after the lost? It says he it said this this person in this um in this parable he left the ninety nine to go after. What are you willing to leave behind? Are there some things that you're giving your time to, your attention to? Is there some things from your past, some fears? Are there some apprehensions about the future? Are there things that you need to leave behind and shift your focus to actually going after the lost? Because we God is saying it's time to live to give each and every day do we live to give or do we live to get Matthew chapter 10 verse 8 says freely you have received you have received I'm speaking in the aspect you've you've already received the Lord Jesus Christ you've received God's gifts you have received freely now freely give and I feel father say maybe our future receiving Come on, we always want to receive more, but maybe our future receiving is connected to our further giving. Come on, let me say it again. Maybe our future receiving is connected to our further giving. You have received, now freely give. River Edge Church, now is your time to shine. Now is the time for God to be seen clearly in you, and He gets the glory. I want to pray for you. I pray that you'll meditate on what Father has shared today. But this is a time of enlargement and expansion where he's calling people from the back row forward. He's talking about enlarging the car park and thinking about planting other churches. He's talking about building upon the foundation of the word and prayers and tears. He's talking about preparing for a harvest. He's talking about living to give. This is a time for you to shine in the Father to be glorified. Let me pray. Father, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ, I thank you for my dear and very precious friends. This time is on your calendar. It is part of your agenda that River Edge Church, every person takes that step forward, takes an incremental step forward, moves forward in the plans and the purposes of God. Lord, lays the foundations that needs to be laid, sows what needs to be sows, and reaps what needs to be reaped. Lord God Almighty, I'm praying that every person will encounter you afresh this week, that the Spirit of God will stir in them, that they will reach out, and that we will see a great harvest, and it will be for the glory of God, in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Bless these, my friends, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you so much. Have a sensational week. Amen. Amen. What an awesome message. What an incredible encouragement there. Um, What were they? Word, prayer, tears. Um, He's talking about activation there. And when we're in this season, winter season and also lockdown season, because we're going to go to masks tomorrow. And that just is like another layer of isolation. But it's a good thing. It's a good thing because we're going to see this thing eradicated from our nation and um, we're going to not get back to normal. People are going, I can't wait to get back to normal. Why get back to normal? No one liked normal in the first place. Everyone was complaining about normal. We've got a brand new normal. I just used normal again. Uh, You know what I meant though, didn't you? Hey, just on the word, 
um, Psalm 119, where we're getting our memory verse from this week, Psalm 119 is all about the decrees and the statutes and the Word of God. And, and the psalmist there is just talking about the beauty of the Word of God. And it, it says, the, the, the verse that we're using is, Your Word have I, your treasure, I treasure it and I've hidden it in my heart that I won't sin against you. In the Passion Translation, it says, I consider your prophecies and statutes to be my greatest treasure. And I memorize them and I write them in my heart, in my core, in my closest, the closest, most important part of me to keep me from committing sins, treason against you. That, that word sin there actually means to miss the mark, to fail, to waste your life. I've written your word in my heart so I don't miss the mark of why I'm here and waste my life. How important is that to, to grab hold of that? And then it goes on to say, my wonderful God, you are to be praised above all. Teach me the power of your decrees. And as you start to open up the word of God, and you might be doing this for the first time, but I encourage you, as you open up the Word of God and you start reading about the stories of Jesus and about what Jesus did and, and, and just this, and Scripture, everything in the Old Testament is just a revelation of who Jesus Christ is. The, the records going right through about Israel and the, the beginning and right through, it isn't about because Israel's special, but because through Israel, the Messiah was coming and they were, they were, God was keeping a nation to Himself. I'm, I'm just overwhelmed by the fact that we've been talking about the gifts of the Holy Spirit and Steve was really um, just bringing them to the fore there and that he's bringing a prophetic word. He has a prophetic gift on his life, but also it's a prophetic office that he carries as well. He, he just can't, he can't help but just speak prophetically. But in Revelation, um, in verse, in, in Revelation 19, it said the, the testimony of Jesus. So talking about the good things of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. So it's actually speaking a divinely inspired good word whenever you talk about the... See, we can talk about what, what's happening with, with different nations and what's happening with the economy and what's happening. And we can focus on those things because everyone's meditating on something. But we're actually meant to meditate on whatever is good, whatever is noble, whatever is pleasing, whatever is excellent or praiseworthy. We're meant to meditate on these things. That's why getting the Word of God into our life is so important. And when we start talking about the things that Jesus has done. So during the week, I've been praying and, and just saying, God, I want to know more about heaven. I want to know more about the heavenly realm because our prayer is, as Jesus instructed His disciples and it carried through to us, your kingdom come, your will be done. So that's the kingdom of heaven. Now, what is this kingdom of heaven? I want to see more of the kingdom of heaven. So God's been waking me up really early in the morning and prompting me to pray. And He's pray, prompting me to pray for, for you and prompting me to pray for people in our church that are sick, um, people's marriages, people's children. I, I'm, just, I'm just open to the Holy Spirit speaking to me. And I'm, and I'm also saying, God, I want to get words of wisdom. I want to get words of knowledge. I want to get that prophetic utterance again, you know, activated in my life. Because Scripture tells us, as we've been studying over the last number of weeks, eagerly desire. So I'm on the edge of my seat wanting to get into these, you know, Words of knowledge. So I was praying during the week and I specifically got um, the word lonely. Now, you know, it doesn't take much of a genius to, to look at the world at the moment and see that people are isolated. They're behind screens on their face, behind masks on the, over their mouth and 
People are having to keep away from other people. We're not allowed to hug. We're not allowed to shake hands. Human touch is so important. And it reminds me of in Luke 5, where a leper comes to Jesus. Now, you've got to realise leprosy was a, was a um, communicable disease. Now, if you got leprosy and it was discovered on, you could have covered it up and, you know, a little spot comes out. You could have covered it up for a little while, but eventually it would spread over your body and you'd have to go to the priest and the priest would look at it and say whether it's in the skin or just on the skin. And then he'd have to pronounce whether you'd be just go away and have a cleansing time or actually separate and be unclean to the rest of the community. They had to wear clothes that were rags. They had to... It sort of reminds me of, I'm looking around at some of the young people here and their, their jeans are ripped, you know. So, not that they've got leprosy, but they, it just seems to be a common thing now. Yeah. But it, shot, it stood out because people would wear rags so that it, it showed that they, they had a disease. And not only that, they had to cover their mouth. The bottom part of their face had to be covered. And whenever somebody even got close to them, they had to shout out at least twice, unclean unclean to notify everyone stay away from me what a lonely place that would have been no one could touch them no family members could go near them they could only congregate with other lepers this leper came to Jesus in Luke 5 and he was lonely and he fell down on the ground which was he could not even come to Jesus but he fell down at Jesus feet and he said Lord if you're willing I ask that you would heal me and Jesus had compassion on this leper and he said, I am willing, be clean. And immediately he was clean. Then he said, go and get checked out by the priest, but don't tell anyone because the cause for which he came, even though he healed the sick and he raised the dead and he did these things as an example to us, because then he said, even greater than this, you will do. That wasn't the cause for which he came. He came to be the Lamb of God so that we could be actually redeemed and brought back and have a relationship with God. And it's interesting because at the end of Luke 5, the leper goes around and tells everyone, so then all these people that are sick come out to be healed by Jesus. And it says that Jesus withdrew to a lonely place and prayed. And we sometimes look at loneliness as being a bad thing. But I'm telling, I want to encourage you in this season, don't miss the opportunity to withdraw, be alone with God, where you're not having to live vicariously through other people's, um, you know, I don't know, excitement about life or because you're maybe a little bit flat. I, I want to encourage you, Jesus withdrew to lonely places and He prayed. I want to encourage you in this time, if you're feeling lonely at the moment, don't get into despair, Pray. If you're feeling lonely at the moment, don't get anxious, pray. Connect with God. Because I tell you now, it's happened to me during the week. I said, Father, I want this from you. And he's gone, you've got it. But it's going to happen at four o'clock in the morning. And I'm like, what? (laughs) That's not what I asked for. It's exactly what I asked for. Because I have no other distractions at four o'clock in the morning. I I just wake up and I start praying immediately. So I want to encourage you, if you're feeling lonely at the moment, or if you're feeling down or depressed at the moment, we're going to pray for you. 
and the Holy Spirit is going to move on your life. But I'm telling you right now, if you pray, if you connect with God, don't just allow us to and expect us to be praying for you and, and receive that prayer. I want you to activate your prayer language as well because the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. You'll start prophesying over your life. You'll start prophesying over your future. And... and um, in Romans, oh, I wish I could remember some of these scriptures, like Steve said, you know, eloquently quote scriptures and feel really proud about it. Well, I'm a humble quoter of scriptures, but in Romans, it actually says, um, Paul says, I am convinced, oh, he says, we are more than conquerors in all this. We are more than conquerors in Christ Jesus. And I am convinced that there is nothing in all of creation. There's no loneliness. There's no, um, you know, crowd that can keep us from the, the love of God that is in Christ Jesus. It says there's nothing past Oh, sorry, nothing present nor future. It doesn't talk about the past. See, the enemy wants to remind you of your past. It wants to remind you maybe there were some good times back there and you're not having those good times anymore. Or he might just be reminding you of your past because you made mistakes back then and they just circle around in your head because when you're alone and when you're lonely, you're going to meditate on something. I want to encourage you, meditate on what is good, what is noble, what is good, um, excellent, praiseworthy because the enemy will try and remind you of the past. But the Word of God says, I am convinced that nothing present nor in the future can ever separate it because there is no past in God. It has been dealt with through the blood and death, burial and resurrection of Jesus. And we can all believe that message and walk boldly into the presence of God. We're going to agree as a, as a group right now, then we're going to enter into just finish up with some worship. Father God, thank you for your awesome love. Thank you for your outstanding, outrageous love. I just can't get over how marvellous your love is. That while I was still a sinner, you sent Jesus to die for me. You were mindful of me. You were mindful of us when you sent Jesus. And Jesus, when you were on the cross, you said, forgive them. They don't know what they're doing. But Father, I am just so glad that you sent Jesus. Jesus, I'm so glad that you died on my behalf. You paid the price that I could never pay. You, you took away a debt that I didn't even know I had. And you gave me something in replace of a deficit. You gave me an abundance of life, of love, of peace, of joy. I speak that out over every life right now. Those that are lonely at the moment, those that are feeling depressed and down at the moment. We speak the meditation of the Holy Spirit into each life right now. We say, mind come under the subjection of the Holy Spirit of the living God. Comforter, counsellor, advocate, intercessor right now. Holy Spirit nurture and, and Scripture says that the Holy Spirit will keep you. And that word keep means to embrace. So right now, as you're sitting there, the Holy Spirit is embracing you right now. He's hugging you. Even though we can't physically hug except our close family, right now the Holy Spirit is hugging you. This is the Spirit of God embracing you right now. You are not alone. You may feel lonely at the moment, but you are not alone. You are loved. You are valued. You are precious. Father God, I thank you that you never abandon us. 
You never leave us helpless. Your heart is for us. Heaven is always behind us and in front of us. You go before us and you come up behind us. You are our front guard and our rear guard. And Father, I thank you right now for surrounding those that are in that lonely place. Holy Spirit, I thank you for reminding them, reminding each one of us to meditate on good things. Not listen to the negativity of this planet and the pattern of this world and the system of this world, but fix our eyes on our Redeemer. Fix our eyes on the Word of God and remember the promises of our God because you've been so good to us. So, so good to us. Oh, I just rejoice in your goodness, Father God. And we agree this morning for each life that you are not alone. Use this time of being in a lonely place to connect with the God that is everywhere, that unites us all through His Holy Spirit. Amen. Have an awesome week. Love your stacks. Thanks for joining today. If you'd like to know more about services or simply want to find out more about church, head to our website, riveredgechurch.com.au.